0: This is the Todd Wright Lightning Playoff Podcast. It's presented by Brandon Legal Group. Great supporters of the Todd Wright Tour Golf Tournaments. I should be announcing the next Todd Wright Tour Golf Tournament. It'll be Todd Wright Tour XV in honor of our 15th event. We'll be playing that in late July. Guess who has the first foursome already in the field My friends at Brandon Legal Group, Colin, Jeremy, Sean, and company, nice people. Can't stress that enough. I don't know anything about the legal business. I don't. I know people. I also know how people are to work with because of all the things that I do with my golf tournaments. And when I met Colin at a golf tournament in Brandon recently, a huge charity event, an annual charity event where they were the sponsors of the carts. I was fortunate to be paired with Colin and Brandon Legal Group. We had a wonderful time. And uh, after a few conversations, and just a few, it didn't drag on. They're helping me buy golf balls for all my winning teams at the Todd Wright Tour Championship a month later in Valrico. Now, one of the other misconceptions about Brandon Legal Group that I want to put to rest, if you have legal needs and you are not in Brandon, call them. They are Brandon Legal Group. They are based in Brandon, but they are your full-service law firm serving Brandon and the greater Tampa Bay area. Got it? Good. 844-4-BLG-4-ME It's a neat phone number. 844 4 -4 4-BLG-4-ME Brandon Legal Group, your full-service law firm serving the greater Tampa Bay area. All right, getting you this podcast for posting on Sunday after the Lightning's victory in Game 5 on Saturday night at Amelie Arena. So, hashtag collapsitals, a term that I coined a couple years ago to describe the annual fall of one of the best regular season teams in hockey in the Stanley Cup playoffs, now in full effect. This is not on Ovechkin. He is, I'm not saying immune to it, but his team just isn't keeping up with him. And one of the better players for the Capitals in this series, in the wins and losses, had a couple really bad shifts last night. And that was uh, defenseman Dimitri Orloff, the only two players who were on the ice for both of the first period goals the one in the first 13, 14 seconds, and then the one later that was a soft goal that the Caps argued Orloff uh, drew a penalty, which I don't think he did. I think he fell down. And that's one of the most common things in hockey uh, when a player falls down. And he falls down because there's another player near him. uh, They'd like to get the penalty instead to cover their own ass. Um, He fell down. Uh, That was not a penalty on Steven Stamkos. Um, So they got the call right by not calling anything. Uh, The only two players on the ice for those two first period uh, quick goals. Holtby and Orloff. So. When you have a player that has been, I don't know, one of Washington's easily best five players in the series, and he looks that bad that early in Game 5, it sets a bad tone. Um, I did run up. uh, My seat is uh, in Section 318. It's not a ticketed seat. What happens with these events, you have overflow media. Um, So the Lightning have press seating in 319, 318. I'm in 318 um, in what was sort of a kiosk for a company to have a private area a couple of years ago. And now they can put a press table in there. So I go upstairs just to, uh, to grab a soda, first intermission, and I'm introduced to the play-by-play voice of the Washington Capitals. And uh, very nice man, very bald man. Uh, but very nice man. Not that I should be saying anything. I'm just happy I have hair, and uh, at least for now. And he just matter-of-factly said, yep, that's our worst period of the entire postseason. And remember, Washington blowing two goal leads in each of the first two games of these playoffs to John Tortorella's Columbus Blue Jackets. And the Caps didn't look as bad as they looked in the first 20 minutes. And then let's throw in one more. The first minute. Uh, of uh, the second period of Game 5 when again the fourth line. See, that's kind of we are in the podcast. That's kind of the kick in the nuts that it's one thing that you were up uh, 2-0 in the series as the Caps were and you go home and then you lose Game 3 and you lose Game 4 and then you come back down to Tampa Bay and it's Tampa Bay's fourth line that puts two of the three goals on the board. Um, that's tough to take, and not sure Washington can take that. Uh, they may be too far gone at this point. Uh, is it uh, a no chance Caps win six or the series? No, it's not no chance, but the series has certainly shifted uh, much of the way the Boston series did Uh, albeit that was after one bad game for the Lightning. I still claim it was a bad game. There were some who say, ah, it wasn't that bad. I don't know. You lost 6-2, and three Boston Bruins were alone in front of Vasky, and you only scored two goals. I I think that's a bad game. Um, But the Lightning made the adjustments, uh, both coaching adjustments, the way they played, the way they performed, the way they executed, won the next four they're in a position to win the next four after losing the first two. And I think we'd all agree the first two games weren't very good for, uh, for Tampa Bay. But uh, uh, also, Phil Esposito made the point um, that Holtby, that it could have been 5 nothing at the end of the first if it wasn't for Holtby. Now, this is an easy thing to say in the world of hockey. Say, well, you, you know, it could be, I love Phil. All right, I actually quote him on here for talking points because I think, look, he's the reason. He's the reason the team is here. Um, and Phil knows a lot about hockey and what it takes to win a Stanley Cup, a thousand times more than me and all of you. When he says it could have been five, I don't think Holtby played well. When you give up soft goals, they stand out more than the great saves. The great saves are why you're a professional goaltender. The soft goals. Are the goals you shouldn't give up as a professional goaltender? They're the equivalent of in golf when you miss hit a shot. You're a pro. You shouldn't miss hit a shot. You're you're a you're a uh, uh, top goaltender. You're a professional goaltender. You're not supposed to give up soft goals. Now, occasionally they happen. All right, Pekka Rinne had it happen in Game Seven. I understand that, but five nothing no. But Holtby, I think, was on a very short leash at that point. And then also when he gave up the goal early in the second period, um, I don't think he played that particularly well. And then the momentum shifted uh, when the Capitals got desperate uh, second period, and then they get that first goal from Kuznetsov. Now, if you notice, Barry Trotz knew he needed to do something. Down 2-0, first intermission, this series is getting away from you now. It's one thing that you lost game three and game four in your own building, but now you're officially down in the series. For the first time at that first intermission in game five, the Caps are down in the series, and what are you going to do? So Trotz really had three choices. Uh, Fire and brimstone type speech or say something pull Holtby or change your lines. And he did. He split up eight and 92. Uh, I'm sure some of you noticed it, uh, but he split them up. He put uh, Backstrom second game back off the uh, injury in his right arm wrist hand back in the top six. It was interesting. I put Backstrom with Ovechkin and Stevenson, which I thought was interesting because I don't consider Stevenson a top six forward for the Caps, but he can take draws. So I think that's why he was there. In case a backstrom gets kicked out of the circle, he can take the draw to get the puck to a vechkin um, And Kuznetsov was then with Oshie and I believe Wilson. We also, a couple of things we talked about on uh, the podcast leading up to game five that turned out to be right. One, uh, Carlson was going to be very active Offensively, uh, for Washington, something he hadn't been in recent games. I believe officially he had eight shots on net. That is an enormous number for a defenseman, even an offensive-minded defenseman. Uh, Carlson Carlson played well. He was not on the ice for either of those uh, uh, first two Lightning goals. I don't think he was on the ice in the first minute. Uh, for the uh, for the third goal, and the Lightning survived a very active offensive game um, from Carlson. Um, and we talked about Palat. So for the second time in this podcast short history, now maybe some, some of you didn't send me—I <laughs> call them threats. All right. So when I called out Stamkos after Game Three of the Boston series, and basically said. Uh, 91 let's go it's time to pick it up if your team's going to win a cup you need to be a part of this your shifts need to be better and he did did he listen to the podcast no does the podcast have anything to do with that no uh just a coincidence but it was my observation and the timing of the observation turned out to be good last podcast i called out palat um and i did this also on lightning power play with uh Bobby Fenton, who's on every game day in the pregame leading up to the Lightning Capitals game. Uh, you just uh, click the Listen Live on Lightning Power Play on the iHeartRadio app. And uh, since Pilat was put on the top line with 86-91, and 91, he hasn't been looking to shoot. Now, he had the great pass from behind the net as the power play expired to Killorn for the game winner in Game 4. But Pilat hasn't been looking to shoot. That needed to end. It ended with a goal. It ended with a goal. He shot from straight up the slot, coming in the zone, and beat Holtby to the uh, to the right side. I believe that was Holtby's stick side. We asked Pilat to shoot. He did. Pilat scored. Thank you, Bob Fenton, for calling me a sorcerer. Um, and if you think about the last two games for uh, um The star power of the Lightning, think about the last two games, and other than Vasilevsky, three names really stand out why they won Game 4 and Game 5. Kalorn, Palat, Callahan. Okay, These aren't the superstar players of the Lightning, but they're certainly a part of this. They are very valuable. The point being is I've always felt championship teams, and I said this about Stamkos at the time, that he, he, he didn't have a good game in Game 3 in Boston, and he wasn't scoring goals the previous 20 games. Um, your star players need to play to their star level. You also need a handful of other guys to raise the level of their game. Killorn, Palat, Callahan sort of fit the profile. I don't call Palat a star player. He's a very good player. I don't call him a star player. But you think about Game 4 and Game 5, and you think about the goals – Who's responsible? Killorn, Palat, Callahan. And we'll do this in another podcast here at some point. Callahan, think about why he's here. And granted, he's been hurt on and off the last few years, but think about why he's here. He's here because Marty bitched his way out of Tampa Bay. But Iserman only let Marty go once Iserman could get back what he thought was worth letting Marty go. Uh, Marty doesn't play hockey anymore. Marty's name and number in the rafters, the Lightning got Callahan for him, and Callahan is still winning games for the Lightning as they push to win a cup. So, sure, I talk about, and I'll get to more on March or so, uh, Iserman letting Marchessault go. Might have been an organizational decision, too. A traffic jam decision. But again, Iserman knows as much more about hockey like Phil does than the rest of us. Getting Callahan when Marty had his meltdown. Callahan's still playing. Still winning games in Stanley Cup playoffs. Still leading teams. Still doing things like a basically a captain would do in that room. That says a lot. Um, very cleanly played game five, right? Capital stayed out of the box for the most part, although Lars Eller had a horrible play that could have been called a second penalty uh, in that first period when he chased the puck for some reason, all the way down the other end of the ice at the start of a two minute put a guy into the boards, I forget who it was, and could have been called for something. Uh, Boarding, hooking, uh, roughing something, Um, probably the right call not to call him, but just Lars, that was the last thing you wanted to do there, and he got away with it. And then the Capitals killed it off, but it was a a fairly clean game, although the Capitals uh, and Ovechkin did a lot of lobbying, bitching, Um, it happens this time of year, especially when you're desperate and you feel things slipping away. Uh, But for as bad as the Capitals played that first period and that first minute of Game 2, in the end, it came down to a one-goal game and a lot of anxious moments in the last minute, and it could have gone overtime. So, uh, Capitals aren't done, but now they don't lead this series, and they're in a very very precarious spot uh, going into Game 6 on on Monday night. Um, One Other note uh, before I get to some other things. The Lightning's fourth line, which to this point you look at the last two series and that fourth line of Callahan, Paquette, and Kunitz. Their impact on winning the Bruins series and why the Lightning have a three-two lead in the Capital Series uh, is monumental and a huge talking point. Um, the way that fourth line played last night in Game Five—that's just—that's just wanting it more. That's just outworking your opponent. That's very telling, and that shows maybe what the difference is right now between these two teams. Um, The fourth line for Washington is actually good, but they're just not getting on the stat sheet. Um, So this isn't fourth line versus fourth line. I'm not comparing Callahan, Kunitz, and Paquette to uh, what, Devontae Smith-Pelly, like Chason and uh, and everybody loves Jay Beagle, if you follow hockey. Um, I'm not comparing them. I'm just saying that you can see in the play on those two scoring plays, that's that Callahan-Kunitz-Paket line. They just want it more. Maybe they just want it more than the opponent does at that point. It seems like they wanted the puck more than Orloff did. 10, 13 seconds into the game and hope he just wasn't ready. All right. Uh, again, the Todd Wright Lightning Playoff Podcast is sponsored by Brandon Legal Group. Proud supporters of the Todd Wright Tour and uh, supporter of the Todd Wright Tour XV, 15th event, which will be announced shortly for the last Saturday of July. Uh, Brandon Legal Group is a full-service law firm. And I enjoy my dealings with Brandon Legal Group the same way I think you will enjoy your dealings with them. My dealings are simply from a uh, working with them as they support my golf events. They play in every golf event. Uh, I know your needs are different. But this could be as simple as I you thinking, I may have a legal need. I don't really know what to do. Then call the number I'm about to give you and just ask your question. Um, people are people. Uh, I trust these people. If they can help you, they'll tell you they can help you and they'll offer to schedule a free consult. If they can't help you, they will very politely tell you why they can't help you. 844 4BLG for me. 844 4BLG for me. Brandon Legal Group, full service law firm. Uh, whatever it is, call them. All right. Ask the question. It doesn't take much. You're not doing anything wrong by calling and asking the question. And remember they're not just serving Brandon. They serve the greater Tampa Bay area. All right. One more off the game for those of you that, uh, that got that maybe didn't go out afterwards for whatever reason. Uh, you went home, uh, and, uh, you, uh, uh, or you were watching at home and you didn't change the TV and you were looking for the, forward to the uh, re-air of the Saturday Night Live that normally runs from 10 to 11. Uh, by the way, I always look forward to the uh, season finale of Saturday Night Live. I didn't get through it because I was so tired, but with Tina Fey hosting, a lot of cameos early, including Jerry Seinfeld and the fantastic-looking Anne Hathaway. Uh, and I am looking forward to in the DVR at some point later today. Uh, Nicki Minaj's musical performances. Uh, but So normally, like The Nation last night, I don't know what they did in Washington. The Nation last night got a re-air of Saturday Night Live on NBC from 10 to 11. Those of you in Tampa got a Channel 8 post-game show. Uh, I don't know Dan Lucas and Annie Sabo personally. I don't. You guys know I've been kind of out of the business. I've been playing golf, running golf tournaments. I'm technically retired for a number of years. Um, it's odd for me to even be sitting in press boxes again, doing these podcasts, but uh, I've enjoyed it. Uh, Dan and Annie actually did a good job last night, <laughs> but it, what, you know they're normally on for about. Well, they do the bucks bonus, I get it, but, uh, but Brian Bradley um, stealing money last night, smiling into the ca- <laughs> smiling into the camera. It was a horrible show. Again, Dan and Annie did a nice job. Bobby Fenton asked me an interesting question because I was texting more people during the Channel 8 postgame show last night than I was during the game. Like, what is this? Did you see this? Did you hear this? Did, um, so Bob Fenton says, don't ruin Annie for me. I like her. I, well, I like her too. No, Annie was stuck in studio for two reasons instead of being out of the game. One, if the feed goes down, She's got to fill time back in studio. So you always have a valuable performer in those cases back in studio that can do the show and fill the airtime. And she's got to be on the 11 o'clock news that immediately follows when that postgame show goes off. Now, Channel 8 made plenty of revenue out of that. Uh, I'd like for the Plantation of Crystal River to contact me. You bought one spot in that postgame show to try to get some golf business. Uh, bring it this way. Yeah. Instead of buying the one spot in that, come my way. And then Shell's Seafood, I think, paid for everything else. They at least paid for Brian Bradley to be on that show. Um, I particularly enjoyed the poor uh, yet talented uh, news girl doing the interviews in the Lightning uh, dressing room where she's talking to Braden Coburn and referring to the other team. Uh, the other team has a name. They're the Washington Capitals. You might want to know that. It's been five games now. Uh, But those local post-game shows, but even Dave Worth told me, he says, it's just free money for the local TV stations. But it just shows how little support Dan and Annie really have when they want to do stuff like that, you know, when they do those uh, Bucks bonus shows. So, anyway, it was – a guilty pleasure. I, so for what it's worth, Dan and Annie and Channel 8, I know I'm critical of you guys, but I couldn't stop watching. Maybe not for the reasons you wanted, but does it really matter? I watched the whole damn thing. I couldn't get enough of it. Uh, and you did make it to 11 o'clock. Oh, and for Brian Bradley to be so ignorant and dismissive about March or so not being here and being in Vegas, Brian, you're way off. Way off. Brian said, uh, you know, he'd be he'd be skating on the fourth line here. Brian, that's wrong and you know it. If Yanni Gord is a top six forward right now for John Cooper, you put Yanni Gord against Jonathan Marcheseau right now and you tell me who'd be skating in that sixth spot. It's not 37. It's a guy wearing 81 in Vegas. I get it, but people are right to bring it up because I'm bringing it up. Eiserman's not perfect; none of us are. But again, Brian Bradley—he'd ah, be a fourth line. No, he wouldn't. No, uh, you know, if Vegas wins the Stanley Cup, Mark Andre Fleury is going to win. Conn Smythe. Jonathan Marchessault would be the next the next guy in line. If Vegas won the cup, but you know, if Vegas wins the cup, I know lightning fans don't want to think about that. Marc-Andre Fleury is going to be the con Smythe winner. There's actually even a chance. Not that you lightning fans want to hear this. If the lightning win the Stanley cup and beat Vegas in a good series, Fleury still wins the con Smythe. It would be the league's way of saying this is a fricking expansion team that went all the way to the cup finals. They deserve a trophy and flurry might get it. But we've got other podcasts to talk about all that stuff. Uh, Thank you very much for listening to uh, the Todd Wright Lightning Playoff Podcast. You can know when each new Lightning Playoff Podcast drops by subscribing to this podcast. We'll get you another one, maybe even before we drop the puck for Game 6. Besides, as I speak, it's raining. I can't play golf. I don't have anything else to do. Well, actually, I do. When it rains and I can't play golf and I'm not doing podcasts, I start doing work around my condo. It's a very dangerous thing. So, uh, thank you for listening to the uh, Todd Wright Lightning Playoff Podcast. Uh, Make sure you subscribe and we will do everything we can to get you a new podcast before face-off of Monday night's Game 6. Talk to you then.